electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hi, everybody. I'm Kelly Evans, host of CNBC's The Exchange. This is Conversations with Kelly, where I take a deep dive with an expert on a topic I'm particularly interested in. My guest today is Mark Douglas, the CEO of advertising firm Mountain. Mark's firm was just behind the guerrilla ad campaign that Peloton launched to try and shore up its image after one of its bikes killed off a star of Sex in the City. His chief creative officer is none other than Hollywood star Ryan Reynolds. After Mountain bought Reynolds Agency last year, now Mountain is at the forefront of what's being called creative as a service. The company just raised more than $100 million in its latest funding round, and they're deeply involved with advertising on connected TVs, which are experiencing, obviously, humongous growth right now. So we've got a lot of ground to cover. And with that, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Well, thank you. Did I get the the, the details right there? Anything, anything yeah, you no, want to correct it, for the record? No, it was perfect. Thank you. It, it was awesome. <laughs> Well, we've spoken a number of times on uh, on air about this, but there really is a lot more to, in this story to dig into that tells us a lot about how uh, communications and technology are changing the advertising world. I actually wanted to start with your bread and butter, which is the connected TV. We just the other day were speaking to a trader who was really bearish on Roku because she said she didn't think it had a future. She insulted it and called it the VCR and said that the way that connected TVs are going, you're not going to need a separate gadget. You know, any TV you buy is just going to have all of the content, you know, available to you. So could you just offer a comment about that and how your firm got in the middle of all this? Sure. So I think, I mean, the comment is pretty interesting. There honestly could be some truth to it. But I think what she's failing to recognize is even if you have just, a, so she's saying, there, and if you're just going to need a smart TV and you're not going to need this separate device that has to be attached to the TV. Well, that separate device is a computer with software. It's a very tiny computer and you still need that software. And Roku has great software for, so whether that's in their device or they essentially license it to Samsung or LG or any of the TV manufacturers, I think Roku still has a, a pretty big role to play. So um, if she's short, you... that sounds like I'm buying. So that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so do you work with all of those intermediaries? Do you work with Roku and Amazon's Fire Stick or whatever it's called and the Google Chromecast? I mean, are, are, are you in anything, any kind of connected device? Yes, so so we we mounts um, essentially software. We don't have to be on the device. So the way it works is you're watching TV just like you normally would, and but it's on demand, right? You're watching Bravo, Discovery, CNBC, any of the channels, and there are pods of ads. Except on connected TV, they're all on demand. Not only the show is on demand, the ads themselves are on demand, and so that's where Mountain plays a role. We are essentially the leading platform for that kind of what we call performance advertising in connected TV. So we, we you know, our, our ads stream into all of those devices and every television network app on all, all those devices while you're home or on the road, you know, essentially watching TV on demand. 
This and, is fascinating. So just to be yeah. clear, let me give an example from our house the other night. Um, sure. We have a connected TV and I wanted to watch, I think a show on Magnolia that we hadn't DVR'd. So I thought, okay, we'll go find it on demand. And it was the show called The Lost Kitchen and whatever. So yeah. when my husband and I start playing that show, are the ads that we're seeing delivered to us in real time via technology like yours? Yeah, exactly. So about, um, to be real specific, because I, I do think it's a bit fascinating, about 45 seconds before you see a pod of ads, there's a real time auction that happens wow. where Mountain and other players essentially bid on those ad slots. And, but now there's a lot more information. None of it is really personal to your household, but there's general information about oh, where, where this TV is located, where the household is, such, where the TV is located and other things that we can use to determine what we wanna bid. If we win that auction, just live, real time, we start, we stream 30 second and 15 second ads directly in our home, tailored exactly to you. So if you had two people in the same household watching TV, the same show, and somehow you did it at the exact same time, you will likely see two different ads. That's how, yeah. that's how dynamic it is. It's very interesting. So where do you get these ads? Um, so the ads themselves come from all of our customers. So Mountain, um, we essentially are this on basically a self-serve advertising platform. So for the first time, you don't have to go hire an agency and make big upfront commitments into all these things. You can just kind of um, log into our platform and set up your ad campaigns, upload your creative, and that's where creative as a subscription comes in. We can talk about that in a little while because you actually need TV ads to do this. You need 30 second, 15 second TV ads. So our advertisers you know, set up the campaigns and they say, hey, I want to reach people who are, you know, in market to buy a car right now. And that might be you. And so if that's you, then you know, based on, you know, kind of all sorts of data that's available, then you're going to get car ads, um, or at least some of the ads you're going to see are car ads. And so that's how it all works. And would the ads that you're showing be exclusive to you? Would you and your competitors have different ads or can clients use all of these portals? And, and it sounds like then they would almost need to use all of these different platforms to make sure that their ad gets picked. Right. So, so Mountain, we have, we work across all TV networks. So our customers, when they work with us, their ads are going to appear on, you know, every TV network in America. And that's appropriate to that specific ad campaign, right? So home improvement ad, there's a little bit of what you can think of contextual, right? Home improvement ads, it is likely you might be more likely to be watching HGTV right now or things like that. So we're probably not gonna show home improvement ads geared towards women on ESPN. I'm not trying to like- <laughs> Well, we're watching. We're watching with the men, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be careful there. I don't want I don't want to offend this, all the female sports fans out there right now. But the I think that's a very big generalization, but that's kind of the idea, both contextually, meaning what you're watching, as well as you can think of behaviorally, essentially the behavior for, that comes from um, um, date, third party data where we partner. Um, that all determines, and then ultimately the ad campaigns are set up in our platform, and um, that all determines the ads you see, even the time of day, like like some of our advertisers think that people convert, you know, they make purchases like more in the evening for their brand, so they'll want to run the ads at that time rather than running them in the mornings. 
So it's all very, very, it's not anymore broad. The key thing is it's not broadcast. This is all taught. It's at the, what I said before, it's, it's on the ads are now on demand, like the content itself. And if I'm one of these clients, I'm trying to think of the ads that I would typically see during, you know, one of these shows. So let's say I'm Wayfair or something to pick an example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do I then, I mean, how many different platforms like yours might I need to work with in order to get my ads served in front of the, you know, our household? Yeah. So, so um, just us is all you need. And um, because we work with every TV network and then the other big advantage we have is advertising. There's an old adage in advertising in, in TV advertising, because there's no, there wasn't really any data like Nielsen data didn't really, tell you yeah like is this is this investment is this money i'm paying is that is it really paying off for me so this old adage i know um half my at tv budget is wasted i just don't know which half right, right. And, so <laughs> and so the big yeah, our goal is we think with the advent of streaming that every aspect of the ad you know kind of the advertising um, experience can be improved both for the consumer as well as the advertiser themselves. So now we have full measurement. So when those advertisers are running those campaigns and we're running them across every TV network, they're targeted, they're measured in terms of number of visits the ads generated, number of conversions and revenue they generated. Um, there's no more upfronts. Um, with creative, there's not all this huge expense to build the ads. So we're kind of just attack going after every aspect of the television advertising industry to really bring it into this century, essentially, because the current business model, the previous business model was invented about seven in the 50s, right? So yeah. seven years ago. So, and that's our goal. And so you can just work with us. We work across every TV network. You get self-serve platform. You don't need to hire an agency. You get, you know, the, it runs across every TV network. You don't have to call a TV network. You don't have to do an upfront, but we've, it, all these things are being improved. And so our customers tend to run just with Mountain. So one more question on this, then an observation, but the question sure. is who are your competitors then? Because this is exactly the kind of service that we are often told is the end game for big tech getting in the middle of our TV experience. Yeah. So in other words, it's always, you know, sort of said that at some point, you know, it'll be Google and probably not Facebook, but maybe Amazon or Apple or whatever, you know, getting in the middle of the delivery of your TV because they're so good, Google especially, at delivering targeted ads. So would they be a competitor of yours? Who are your competitors? Yeah, so I mean, I think to start just on the on the phrase big tech, um, so in most of tech, you wind up in a situation where there's, there's been one big player and lots of smaller players. But in the TV industry, even a small TV network is like a billion dollar company. So the content is really coming from the TV networks. And they are in a position where they don't need to partner with Google and Facebook and Amazon. So that's a, a really big difference compared to kind of other aspects of the tech industry. You have essentially what you think of as the publishers or themselves big companies. So we partner with all those TV networks and they have shown very little to zero interest 
in doing the same kind of partnerships with Google and others. The other thing is that's really interesting um, is a really big percentage, more than half our customer base has never advertised on TV before. So Mountain is literally expanding the market for TV advertising, bringing all these new advertisers in because they they can come in at, at you know, without the huge budgets and, and things like that. Going back to a question like who's the competitor, um, right now we're pretty partner friendly. I think um, some of the big agencies view us as a threat to just be really, you know, transparent about it, meaning mm -hmm. that you know, if we're reinventing, if advertising has been, you know, big budget commitments to big media agencies, um, you know, kind of like I, I use the analogy like stockbrokers, like they they be the yeah, you know, like stockbrokers who had kind of a hold on investing in before the internet in the in the 80s and, and the first half of the 90s. And we're coming in and saying, no, you can just do this yourself. Right. And we're kind of like E-Trade in that analogy. Um, but we're not trying to put them out. We're not trying to compete with them. But I think they um, have been a bit nervous about this. Like now, for the first time in history, you can now um, just go you know, run TV campaigns on your own right from your home. And um, so that's kind of right now who views us as a competitor. But we're actually um, pretty partner friendly. So we're not we're not. We, they don't have to lose for us to win and vice versa. Very interesting. Okay, so here's my observation. I don't think sure. advertising works on me. <laughs> <laughs> You're maybe like, not getting I, the right ads. That's the problem. Maybe, maybe, Ryan but, Reynolds know, ads I, tend to work on everybody. I will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think about this a lot with social media too, because obviously when we are looking at it from the investor perspective and the analyst perspective, I hear about Instagram's ad load and how successful they are. And I even hear people talking about it. And okay, one time, like 10 years ago, I think I bought a pair of shoes that I saw advertised on Pinterest and they were terrible. So I was like, that's it. I tried. I'm never doing this again. And, you know, and I know subliminally, of course, ads work on just name recognition and on some level. Yeah. But I sometimes, and I'm, I'm sure there are other people who think what I think. How does, does this advertising actually work? Um, <laughs> we're actually measuring it. So we can literally see that this home has never, like, has not visited this brand, at least in, let's say, the last 90 days. We streamed yeah, ads for Brand X into that home. And then, you know, you went and visited and shopped and made a purchase. So we can literally measure that. that and that, how, how do you yeah, have we call that, that performance data, TV? So, yeah, say performance again? TV. So, right. which is fascinating. And of course, you can't argue with those results. Right. But how do you get that data, right? Because that would be okay. I'm watching my TV. I think we have Verizon. So I'm watching right. my Verizon TV, but then I'm using my mobile phone to go search Vuori joggers or something. Right. Um, and how does that information, the, the fact that I've done so get delivered back to the client? Yeah. So we're, so with all of our customers, they, they were, they plug us into their website, their mobile app, um, and so when you take the data from that, that and you combine that with the data that we're streaming into that home. So we know from that home, you visited their brand and from that home, we stream the ad, we connect those dots and the, the visiting the brand occurred at, at a relatively short period of time after we visited the ad. And it's all anonymous, by the way, like that we don't know your name. We don't know your ad, your, your street address. We, and there's no reason to know. 
and and but that it, it's all at the household level and um and it's in partnership with all of the brands and with the um the all of the consumers that we deliver ads to they can opt out if they want to but we we can talk in a minute about how much money you save by making yourself ad friendly which i think is a topic that in this era of privacy has not been talked about enough is that 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 more targeting equals lower prices for consumers well, it's and, and by the way, that is very interesting that a lot of the information can come from the companies themselves sharing right. with you, hey, we experienced a 40% jump in web traffic from this zip code, you know, after this ad right. was shown. Um, yeah, yes. it's a little more specific than that, but it's that's in the direction that it's down to the specific, you know, the down to the specific household, but it's all like if you go visit brand, I, I don't want to use the specific brand name, but if you, if you visit brand X, I mean, there's no way for them to not know that, you know, it's like if I call you, you know, I called you, there's no way for you not to know I called you, right? Very, and, very interesting. Right. So it's, it's similar when you visit the brand, they know. And so, you know, it devices from the same home, the TV's a device, your phone or your computer's a device, it's pretty easy to connect those dots. And the key is to keep it all safe, meaning safe for the consumer, meaning maintain their privacy, you know, don't collect any personal data. There's not much to collect actually. And, um, and, and but by connecting those dots, it allows the brand to get more targeted, which contributes to, to lower price, ultimately contributes to lower prices for the consumer. And that is something that I, I do think people are more aware of that, you know, when some, when the web was first around, I think it took a while for us to understand if it's free, we are the product, right? But I definitely think our awareness has grown over the years. Our anxiety has grown too, because right. we know we're in this Faustian bargain where it's like, okay, stuff is free or cheap to the extent that, you know, I am the product. And my husband and I talk about this all the time. I spoke with a utility executive who couldn't believe that we wouldn't put a Nest thermostat in our house. <laughs> <laughs> I and I that. said, I said, but we don't want, you know, Google to know which room we're in for how long and when. And he's like, your phone already has all that information on it. I'm like, yeah, but I just, I can't, I can't knowledgeably go and go that next step, you know? So tell me yeah. how that does translate. For instance, in the Netflix debate right now over whether they should offer an ad supported $5 a month option. Um, I'm sure you can give, you know, more and better examples of, of how that, how that plays out. Well, let, you know, let me give an example that I think is a lot of money involved. So let, let's talk about mattresses, which are now, you know, I, I don't know predominantly, but it are often bought online and it's an ex, it's expensive item. It could cost a thousand dollars. Yeah, up to for most online mattresses company, up to $400 of the thousand that you're paying is the cost to find you as a consumer. It's their marketing costs. All the email campaigns, TV campaigns, social media, Facebook and and Google campaigns. And so if you make yourself easier to connect with that you're in market, you're moving and you're in market to buy to, to, to buy a mattress, they would gladly sell you the mattress for $600 instead. And they will. That's why email marketing, which is usually marketing to people who already are a customer, offer big discounts. They're literally just taking the cost of marketing and giving it back to you. Wow. as a consumer. And so when you think of it that way, if if someone said, look, if you just tell me you're moving, I'll give you $400 off the cost of a mattress. Like, I think most people would take that trade. 
And so you, you can think of it as in the advertising, like on mountain and things like that, the more targeted the advertising, the more they can offer discounts that, you know, basically it's like, here's a price point for people who are trying, who are trying to hide under a rock. And here's the price point for people who are raising their hands. And so yeah. that's yeah. And I and experience this as a customer all the time. So I've mentioned Pinterest, but you know, I just, I've always loved kind of, what do we call it? Like home design and interior design and whatever. Um, I torture my husband with these HGTV shows. I just, I just enjoy it. But there are times that I'm on Pinterest and I'm really trying to find a specific, you know, curvy black mirror for our bathroom and I'll find a picture of it and I can't figure out where it's from or where to buy it. And I'm thinking to myself, I wish I could just go on the internet and say, I want to buy this curvy black mirror. <laughs> Can right. someone just find it for me and tell me where it is? And if it's reasonable enough, like our work here is done. Yeah. And they, and the, and the company selling it to you would, would gladly, you know, like I said, offer you a discount. It's just, it's, it's similar what you said about, you know, who's the product and, and things like that. It's, it's, you know, the consume, basically the, the advertisers don't pay for marketing consumers do. That's the way to think about it. Yeah. Ultimately we as consumers do. So the less marketing we need, the lower the cost of the products. It's really simple. And the, and so when you trade that off of targeting with anonymous data and things like that, it's actually a pretty good trade-off, but yeah, I, I think that debate has been very emotional. I'm, yes. I'm offering a little logic into it right now, so. Um, well, and let me ask this in our, our last couple of minutes here, because I wanna understand and make sure I understand just how broad the vision of creative as a service is. So we've yeah. talked about you know connected TVs and, and sort of the technology there that you're deploying and the way that it's now self-service for a lot of clients. But let's take the example of the Peloton ad that I referenced in my intro. You know, I think creative is a service and I think, oh, okay, you know, you're delivering a creative ad concept as a service. Maybe you're on a monthly retainer or something for the client and they get this as a result. But how, how much bigger is the vision than that? We, we our, our goal as a company, and, we, and this goal is to do this with the entire creative industry, is to transform the business model for creative from this kind of twice a year contract expensive model for 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 ads to for the creative for the ads to a subscription model and where it's just baked in you get and so and it's great for the consumer because the brand needs fresh ads on a regular basis and they need them to be culturally relevant because those perform the best and we and the consumer wants that too. People don't really hate ads; they just hate bad ads. Like they're about to celebrate. <laughs> they're all ads. bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all bad. Well, you know, the half the you know part of the sport in two weeks of the Super Bowl is the ads themselves, right? There's a, there's that competition going on, and so we want to. We think that the at the the model for creative is disconnect. Well, one one is with the advent of paid search, the ads became just text strings, and it was like the decline of the. You remember the era of mad Madman and yeah. everyone you know, being all about delivering a, a great message. And that started to climb with the advent of paid search. And our goal is to change the business model to somewhat bring back the best parts of that and, and you know, give consumers more entertaining ads, 
um, that, that, that pay for the free content they're getting and give them, you know, just fresh new stuff regularly. And then for the ad agencies, I'm talking like the creative agencies is if you create an ad that's just kills it, just crushes amazing. Like why get paid once? It should be a subscription. The advertisers should be, the incentive should be the better the ad, the more I'll pay. I'll pay you a fee every time it runs, a small fee every time it runs. So it lowers the entry cost for the advertiser and get all the incentive is now creating the absolute best, most entertaining advertising. Our goal with Crave as a subscription is to literally partner with every creative agency to make that happen. I and love so it that, because, yeah, I mean, by more. the way, the... The reason I loved your Peloton ad was because it a it wasn't annoying and obnoxious. Right. B, as you're watching it, you're telling a story to people in the room who may not be familiar with the background. Oh, this is what this is about. This is what happened, and this is this like fast response ad, and then everyone gets a kick out of it. And like I said, a lot of the advertising that we see and TV and you, as you mentioned, especially on the internet, is so low quality. There's a lot of room for upside. And there are certainly ad campaigns like I love the progressive, you know, you're turning into your parents ads. I think they are brilliant and hilarious. And they're, you know, one of the only times that I actually laugh and look forward to watching them. So I could see if if the all the quality improved across the board, you know, maybe you can save TV because right now people are doing everything possible to avoid having to watch any of them. Yeah, well, um. And and make it measurable too, so that we're hoping that's what we're working towards. Right, right. No, yeah, it's great. Well, congratulations again on a huge fundraising round, which gives you, you know, more opportunity to go out and pursue this vision. And now I feel like I understand it better, and uh, I just so appreciate your time. Any parting uh, comments here? Um, <laughs> I, I I wish Ryan was here because he's very quick witted, and he would have something very funny to say. <laughs> So, so maybe by referencing that, I just made everyone laugh. I don't know. So, yes, but and I think you've proven that, you know, when you went and acquired his agency last year, you know, he might be quick with the words, but you were way ahead of the curve in understanding the power of what you guys could do together. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate that comment. And I appreciate, um, I really enjoyed this conversation. So I appreciate all of it, the time, the comment. Um, I thought, and the conversation itself was actually really fun and interesting. So looking forward to talking more in the future. All right. Well, I'll see you on the airwaves, Mark. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. And thanks everybody for listening. Be sure to follow the exchange podcast and catch our show live weekdays at 1 PM Eastern only on CNBC. See you then. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.